Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. And Spence, and this is Rock is a Hard Place, our podcast. And joining us again is Zach Ambrose from the band Ambrose. How you doing, sir? I'm great. Thanks for uh, taking the time, Spence. Yeah, well, let's talk about where we left off kind of last week. I know you are producing a, an, a, an album for a new artist called Savannah. Maybe give us an update on where you are with Savannah. Yeah, so I've got all, all the tracks all compiled and uh, spent the entire weekend mixing drums, so... An excellent drummer by the name of Matt Log, who played uh, on Jagged Little Pill. He was in Splash at Snake Pit. And he's played on hundreds of records, um, a lot of stuff as a ghost drummer, so you wouldn't even know it, but he's the guy that they usually call in when the drummer's not cutting it in, in even large bands, you know, bands as big as, who knows, like, you know, you never know who, what, what album he's on, but he can play anything and he's got a great feel, so. He's definitely the best studio musician in town, him and the bassist. So I spent the whole weekend lining up the bass and then uh, gating all the drums and mixing all the drums, which is, it takes a long time. That takes the longest, is getting the drums together. But it's exciting because it's, it's really, it's a big, big sounding album and I'm excited to get it out there. So I'm trying to get it done, get, get the first single done by the first, which is pushing it. It's going to be a long week. When you're listening, when you're listening and producing it, what in your head tells you this guy just has it? Maybe somebody else doesn't. Um, it's a lot of its feel, and so there's just something special, and we can all cut in the room at the same time. So when I'm producing, I'm actually playing guitar with the band, so we cut the whole core um, rhythm section live. So I'll keep the guitar, I'll keep the bass, and we keep the drums, and we're each in isolation booths, but you get that that intangible kind of vibe because everybody's playing at the same time and then we're all feeding off of each other so the bass lick will help the guitar part and then the drummer is just so excellent that his parts will help everything as well so you get that tension that call and response tension um naturally so that's i've done that with every track i've ever i've ever done and it, it just that gives it the core of of everything you do that that live sound you know which is what we're all about I know one of the other things that you're working on as soon as you're done doing this project for Savannah, you're trying to orchestrate a tour of some sort, right? That's exactly right. So, yeah, hopefully we can actually tour together because, you know, I could play guitar for her and then help run her band and then have our band come on. And it's it's similar enough. I mean, it's, it's she's very soulful. They're very much blues, but I co-wrote all the music. So it's a little less heavy, more like... Um, on the two minutes to paradise or into the distance side of this album. But it's kind of more like my previous album where there's a lot of acoustic stuff mixed with flamenco stuff mixed with blues driven stuff, but it's, it's, it's very soulful. It's, it's kind of like a retro throwback with a modern mix on it. You know, when are your tour dates out in New York? Is that coming up? Yeah, it's supposed to be on the ninth, but uh, it's all pending based on when I can get the single done. So we're actually meeting with the radio promoter bill today. And I'm introducing him and Savannah for the first time. So, you know, because I've got to get this thing done so that they can get the single out in September with the footage of, of her tracking in the studio with these guys. And then the engineer on it, um, 
his name's Tom Weir. He's he's excellent. So he's done all kinds of of, of huge bands. So the studio we're in actually recorded Cherry Bomb in that studio, and it's through you know with this old late seventies Neve board, and it's just incredible how how rich the tones are. We're talking. You know? We're talking with Zach Ambrose, and part of doing this podcast, Rock is a Hard Place, trying to focus on what these independent artists go through just to kind of make it as a musician. And I know one of the things out there, and I know you don't have a label, but uh, there are some streaming services out there. Can you make money in those, Spotify, Apple Music, that kind of stuff? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard because you've got to really, you've got to have like a million streams to, to make sense of anything really on Spotify. So... The most important thing is is getting getting the music out there heard, you know, with guys like yourself that are advocates for independent artists and for new music, and then getting on the road and, and taking it to the audience, you know. So it's really important to coordinate when you launch the album and, and getting the tour dates lined up and making sure that, you know, that you can then get the momentum and then sell. Most of the money now is in merch and in, like, vinyl sales, and some of the... Some of the CD sales still come from the classic rock listeners or, or the broadcast FM listeners. That's why I've always, you know, really appreciated the, the FM play that we get because that's our core audience, you know, is, is the people that listen to radio are the ones that are connected to their local, regional DJs and PDs that trust them, for, you know, and have trust them throughout their life to bring them new music. And those are the ones that really still buy tickets, you know. So it's a lot different than the pop market where you don't really need to tour necessarily as much and you just go for these really nothing but just hooks and top line melodies and then, you know, that's it's a totally different beast than the, in the pop or hip hop world where it comes down to mostly the music video, the image and the touring's kind of secondhand, but when it's live performance based, you know, especially now more than ever, it's all about getting to the audience and reaching the audience and, and building a relationship with the people that love music like you do. So the best way to do that, obviously, is to get on the road. But um, it really does help to get the FM support beforehand so that people actually know what they're coming to see. <laughs> you know, so that's for, for what I'm doing. That's, that's the way to go as of now, <laughs> definitely. Well, even to get where you are at this point in your life, Zach, you, you must have received some, some pretty good advice. Who were some of the people that, that gave you some really – good answers to things that you were looking for? Uh, actually, the first person that I met that kind of took me under his wing, his name's Stuart Mathis, and he, he's built a studio in Nashville now, and his wife's a songwriter and has, has actually done stuff for Miley Cyrus back in the day, and, and he's written stuff, uh, you know, for Jewel, and, and he played with Jacob Dylan for a long time, and um, I think he's playing with Leanne Rimes now. And he's just, you know, he was, he was in the Valley, and I came over, and, I, you know, we were at this show... There was this musician, his name was Joe Firstman, and uh, he was a great writer and a pianist, and he ended up, um, you know, I think he's like a music director on one of these late-night shows now. But but so I met him in the Silver Lake scene, and then, you know, he was, we, we got to talking, and then um, he was like, yeah, why don't you come over and, and jam and see what happens? And he, you know, he'd been in the scene for about 15, 20 years longer than I had. And so... When I went over there, he was, he was the first person that kind of tracked me for free, and I was always open to play with anyone I could and and jam with anyone I could and write with anyone I could. And he was just an excellent guitarist and um, and an excellent songwriter. So we did some co-writing, and then he really got into kind of like a mentoring position for me and became kind of a mentor, and he was the one who 
helped me find an attorney and helped me find uh, kind of the business side of it. And, and it was just really interesting because it was the first person that I became really close with where his entire life was focused around making money as an artist. And I just got to see his work ethic. And really, that's what it comes down to. It comes down to, to talent first, obviously, but then the drive. And, and this guy would just have this regiment getting up at eight every day, going on a run, coming back. And he was working with several artists and always is, and he still is now. So he's always doing two or three albums and and writing with as many people as he can and, and then taking chances. But it's all about the follow-through, you know? Well, he, so, prob- it, it, what's that? he probably picked up that you're quite passionate about what you want to do and are doing. Well, it's kind of, it comes down to basically, you know, you don't really have a choice because you'll kind of go nuts once once you become a full-time artist and then you try to go back to the 9 to 5, which I've done a couple times, you know, to, to pay rent and whatnot when things, are, when things are kind of, you know, at a standstill musically. And it's just really, it's brutal on the soul. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just basically, it kind of almost helps to have your back up against the wall and that, and that your only choice is to find a way to succeed with your craft, you know. Is you to treat, you got to treat it like a job because it is a job. And, and it's very entrepreneurial. And pretty much anyone that I know that has been a full-time artist, if they're not still in the music industry, they're, they've either started a startup or they're in retail or they're in fashion or they're in, film now or they're doing scores or you know they're they're still self-employed and they're still very very regimented in, in their daily activities which is extremely important tell me about the last maybe five or ten years can you look back and go man it, it, um, mistakes because we all make mistakes is there something that if you could just go back and go man don't do that <laughs> i made i've made a million mistakes and i'm still making them like everyone i'm sure but um yeah i mean the probably i think the Hardest thing for me was I, I got a, a deal, you know, in 2006, and then another one in 2009. And the first time around, it was incredible. I mean, I, it was a huge advance, enough to live off of for two years and to put out 27 songs. And and basically, you know, I mean, I had enough money where I had about four to six people that were kind of depending on me to to break through. And I was young and just you know, I got ahead of myself and, and it's, you know, back then it was like when you get a record deal, I had all these people saying, don't worry, you don't have to worry about anything. You know, we're going to do this. We're going to do that for you. And you've got nothing to worry about. And you know, you'll be out on the road before you know it. And so the biggest mistake is to, is to ever let go of the reins. I mean, then no one's ever going to be a driving force like the artists themselves, you know? And so I think that's true for even the bands that, that do make it, you know, it's like a puddle of mud for, for instance. I mean, they're, they're huge. They have a huge brand name. Wes is a great writer. You know, I've, he's kind of an acquaintance. I've, I've rehearsed next to these guys and I've seen his career and it's the same thing for even the largest bands. This is when the front man loses his steam and he stops his momentum, the whole train comes to a halt eventually. And so basically no one's going to be there to help drive you unless you have the fire yourself. And, so it's really the artist's job to inspire everyone around them and to keep stay positive and keep that momentum going, which is that's probably the biggest part of the job is to keep your energy level high and to keep, stay positive and to keep everyone on the same page, you know. But if you're not going to drive the train, no one else is. What does drive you? And, let's, and as we talk about that, because you have such a passion, let's talk about the song Big Time. Is that kind of like a, a personal theme song of yours? 
Yeah, I mean, it, that, that song is all about, you know, kind of uh, what I've been through over the years and a mixture of, you know, coming up in Hollywood and, 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 and what it's like on a daily basis to try to break it into the big time, you know, and it's all about kind of chasing your tail around in circles and having to just keep plowing ahead. So, yeah, that song pretty much sums it up when it comes to, you know, running around town um, and doing whatever it takes, scrapping to get by, you know. Tell me so, about... There's a lot to draw on when you, when you actually are doing it full time and you're, you know, you're barely making rent or you're sleeping in the rehearsal space. You know, at that point I was actually staying in the rehearsal space when we were cutting those tracks last year and it was... I kind of liked it. It was like being 18, 19 again, and it felt like, you know, being back at Hollywood for the first time, you know, to get everything rolling again. But there, there is nothing more inspiring for me than having my back up against the wall and knowing all I have is a guitar, my voice, and uh, and, and that's it to get it done. <laughs> you know, Sneaking around, in and out, grabbing a bite to eat here and there? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you lose some weight, and I uh, usually eat late at night. So I think it was Jack in the Box around like twelve thirty every night with the two tacos for buck fifty. That was kind of the the routine at that time. But it's you know it, it, it takes a lot of sacrifice. So it's definitely you don't do it for the uh, for the guarantees. You do it for the because that's what your passion is. And, and you know for me it's all about you know getting on stage. There's the creative process, but then it's also being able to share the the live performance. That to me that's the most exhilarating part you know is having an audience where everyone's on the same page and everyone's in the moment together and there's something that's really special about that you know it's beyond entertainment it's almost like a spiritual experience if it's done right you know we're talking with zach ambrose from the band ambrose tell me about some of the shows that you've seen that you really really liked who who are some of the people that you just can't wait to see play live well well I grew up in Northern California, so I grew up in a bunch of jam bands, and um, up there, you know, everybody's a Grateful Dead fan, so I never got to see Jerry perform, but I did want to see them, you know, perform on their last stint, but, um, you know, some of those live bootleg tapes that I used to play to, those were definitely life-changing, just because he was able to play blues, jazz, anything, anything that's, you know, Americana, um, Jerry was the king of, but I'd have to say the first when i when i saw guns and roses first when i was really really young we slept out for tickets and it was when they toured with skid row and um that was life-changing i I think it was like 11 at the time and we had seventh row because we slept out overnight i mean i was kind of a crazy kid (laughs) i didn't i didn't much adhere to any rules so we actually slept out at tower records and got seventh row and i mean i just remember seeing Axel running on one side of the stage and then Slash running to the other, and I was thinking, okay, I want to do that, and I also want to do that, so <laughs> I better figure this out, and that was kind of the, the turning point for me. That's when I got really serious about playing, and I never, you know, at that point when you're young, you're just like, okay, well, you know, this this is just could be just a hobby, but it quickly turned from that into just dedicating, you know, I come home after school and just lock myself in my room and just play two, three, four hours a day all through high school i mean and then um and i was always you know trying to find bands to play with and um luckily my neighbor was a lead singer and a, and a great songwriter so i picked up he was three years older than me i picked up all the songwriting skills from him pretty much and um yeah he was just an incredible talent at a young age and you know he had a lot of discipline 
And so that's how I started. You know, I was playing with older guys, and I'd have to play bass or drums or whatever, I, whatever, whatever it was that needed to be filled. I'd fill in so I could just be part of it. You know, amazing. And um, in Northern California, there's still a, a great live music scene. You know, when, and when it comes to that old '70s and '80s style, it's still a pretty big deal because of the Hate Ashbury and everything that came out of San Francisco. You know. Zach, it is such a pleasure to talk with you, and I'd like to maybe check back in with you in another month or two to see where you're at, maybe get a little update from you. Yeah, that'd be great. Hopefully we'll be on our way to see you. <laughs> where can people find out more and, and grab this disc from Ambrose? Um, they can go to um, ambrose-official.com, and you can stream all the music there. And we've got a bunch of stuff. Uh, all the video links are up there. Or, it's, um, or they can go to my Facebook, which is just um, Facebook backslash uh, Ambrose the Band. And, um, and then we post updates like with the radio and whatnot there, and then we'll be posting show dates up there, creating events for anywhere that we're going. And then, uh, or you can just Google Zach Ambrose, and a lot of stuff will come up. Just Z-A-K-A-M-B-R-O-S-E.